Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Transportation Authority of Marin Board of Commissioners meeting January 25th, 2024. Uh, prior to the roll call, I would like to make it clear for the record, and it should be reflected in the minutes, that Commissioner Blaustein is participating remotely under the Just Cause Clause of AB 2449. Is Melissa with us on Zoom? Here I am. Hi. Hello, Hi, Melissa. Hello. How are you? I'm well. Excellent. Thank you. I, I am I am participating remote tonight under the just clause, just cause clause. Thank you. And this is not a personal question. Is there anyone over the age of 18 present at your location? I'm required to ask that. There is no one over the age of 18 present. I am at a naval base at the Naval Postgraduate School in Monterey in my room. Awesome. Well, thank you. And uh, thank you for joining us. Jennifer, can we get a roll call, please? Oh, actually, before we do that because I never read the script. Um, item number eight, um, I'm going to defer item number eight tonight. Uh, this item was placed on the agenda at the request of Commissioner Kevin Carroll. However, Commissioner Carroll is not able to attend tonight's meeting. Out of respect for him, we will put this future uh, on an agenda item where he can attend. Um, I will note there have been a few public comments received on this item in recent days, and we thank all commentators for their input and patience. I will also note that we have invited MTC and Caltrans staff to a future meeting for a more in-depth discussion of the Richmond Bridge projects. So there will be more opportunities for discussion in the coming months. And with that now, Jennifer, I believe we can move on to the roll call. Commissioner Beckman. Here. Commissioner Blaustein. Here. Commissioner Carmel. Here. Commissioner Carroll is absent. Commissioner Collin? Present. Commissioner Catrano? Present. Commissioner Eklund? Commissioner Fredericks? Here. Commissioner Chemnitzer? Here. Commissioner Kuhl? Here. Commissioner Malton Peters? Commissioner Rice? Here. Commissioner Rodoni? Here. Commissioner Sackett? Here. Vice Chair Lucan? Here. Chair Colbert? Here. Great, you have a quorum. Thank you, Jennifer. Can you please provide the public participation announcements? Yes, there are a number of ways that the public may participate in today's discussion. For members of the public participating in person, the board chair will recognize persons from the audience who wish to address the board during public open time or on a particular agenda item at that time that item is considered by the board. Members of the public participating by Zoom may provide verbal comment on any item during the open time for that particular item by using the raised hand feature or dialing star nine and waiting to be called upon to provide your comment. Meeting-related comments may also be sent to info at tam.ca.gov and will be read when the specific agenda item is considered by the board and will become part of the public record. Please note that there is a two-minute limit per comment. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. We'll now move on to item number one, the annual selection of TAM chair and vice chair. I would like to make oh, a, uh, oh, one second. Public comment. Oh, and it was before or after. The, I, I just followed the script at this point. So <laughs> uh, Jennifer, is there any public comment in the room? Any public comment online? I don't see any hands raised at this time, chair. Now, would anyone care? I would care to make a motion to nominate Brian Colbert as chair and Eric Lucan as vice chair for the next year. I have a nomination. Can anyone care to offer a second? I'll second that. I have a first from Mayor Kate of San Rafael, a second by Commissioner Catrano of Fairfax. Jennifer, can we call the roll? 
Commissioner Beckman? Yes. Commissioner Blaustein? Yes. Commissioner Carmel? Yes. Commissioner Collin? Aye. Commissioner Catrano? Yes. Um, Commissioner Eklund? Yes. Commissioner Fredericks? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Commissioner Chemnitzer? Yes. Commissioner Kuhl? Yes. Commissioner Malton Peters? Yes. Commissioner Rice? Yes. Commissioner Rodoni? Yes. Commissioner Sackett? Yes. Vice Chair Lucan? Yes. Chair Colbert? Yes. Passes. Awesome. Well, I just want to say it's been a pleasure to be chair of this uh, incredible group and also to serve alongside uh, Vice Chair Lucan. And um, we got great things done, and I look forward to continuing moving into the year doing great things. So thank you. We'll now move on to item number two, the chair's report. And uh, I have uh, today I stopped by the uh, Safe Routes to School Volunteer Luncheon, and it was a really great event. It was awesome because, as we all know, it's the parents that really make that program go. So thanks to uh, Tam's staff and in particular uh, Gwen, who brought them all together. And then I've got a couple of acknowledgments. We have two TAM staffers that are moving on to other agency. Uh, first, Lee, after 17 years at TAM, is going to test the waters in the peninsula and has taken a position with Caltran. Thank you, Lee, for your expertise and dedication to our finances here at TAM and for finding and for many finding free audits and excellent budgets you have produced. We will miss your boundless energy, your keen focus, and of course, your economic updates. TAM would not be what it is without you. And second, Nick, after nearly 10 years at TAM, is moving just a bit north and will be taking on the role of Department of Public Works in Nevada. Thank you, Nick, for your project management skills and guiding the many phases of the Marin, Sonoma Narrows, and intricacies of State Route 37. We will miss your expertise and your diplomacy in working with our many partners on these mega projects. We are glad you are not going far and will still be here in the Marin family. Thank you both for your great work with TAM. So before I turn it over to my other uh, commissioners for any remarks, I'll just offer a couple uh, personal uh, remembrances. So I remember when I first joined TAM in 2017 and uh, Diane brought me into the room with her and Lee and there was just like, I don't know, 10 feet of spreadsheets that were like 30 feet wide. And I distinctly said something like, are we in some sort of Bolshevik communist planning regime? And Lee just sort of gave me that look like, wow, you just don't really understand anything yet. <laughs> um, and the truth was, I didn't. But with Lee's help and her clarity, I grew to understand. So thank you, Lee, for being so incredibly forgiving of my ignorance and my mistakes. Um, you have just been uh, incredible. And I have personally always appreciated your willingness to put the organization first. So thank you so very much. Uh, you know, Nick, um, in the early remarks, we mentioned both the Marin, Sonoma Narrows and the intricacies of State Route 37. And the truth is they have both been um, big, incredibly complicated projects. And so I've always appreciated your willingness to dig in and to provide clarity to myself and other commissioners. You have both been incredibly invaluable members and we wish you nothing but the best. So with that, I will look to my other commissioners for any additional remarks. All right. Oh, wait, Commissioner Fredericks. I just have two remarks. Um, in addition uh, to what you have shared, I, I would like to thank Lee for being available to those of us who need explanations 
about anything that should have been abundantly clear given the way you explained it at the meeting. Thank you <laughs> for your accessibility. And as for Nick, I seem to be in a position where I feel we have lost him twice. He served our town very well. We were very sad to see him go. Mm -hmm. And now we say goodbye again. Thank you for everything, Nick. Yeah, I just wanted to say thanks to you both, but in particular, Lee, I have, you know, we all sit on all these different boards and commissions as well as our councils and supervisors, everything throughout the county. But of all of the presentations that are given, um, I found your presentations to always be uh, super informative, very clear, but also very lighthearted. And I'll definitely miss that um, on the TAM board. So thank you so much for everything you brought to us. All right, I think we are good. So thanks so much to both. And oh, wait, sorry. Uh, oh, thank you. Mr. I was Eklund? trying to figure out how this works. Oh, no, Mr. Eklund? <laughs> Uh, Nick, I just wanted to make the comment, we're anxious to have you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I know the work that you did here is really going to be for Novato's benefit. Uh, besides, you're a great person, and uh, we really are looking forward to seeing you. Okay, great. Well, seeing none, well, thank you again, both. You've been great to be on. So we'll move on now to item number three, commissioner's reports and commissioner matters not on the agenda. We'll lead off with the MTC report from commissioner Stephanie Moulton-Peters. Very good. I attended the MTC meeting yesterday and the, by far the most significant thing we did was to uh, approve uh, the initiation of legislation uh, for the uh, transit measure uh, that we anticipate will come to uh, the voters uh, in the Bay Area in 2026 or later. And this is a measure uh, that prioritizes operational funding for transit. Uh, and this is the very beginning of the legislative process. So the details of that legislation and the uh, areas that would be funded have yet to be worked out in detail. Uh, but it will be a process where the public and members of this board and other boards will be able to shape the outcome. We had a very robust uh, discussion yesterday. Uh, and the funding uh, measures itself or the means of funding, whether it's sales tax or parcel tax or what have you, uh, have yet to be defined. Those will be uh, defined in the coming months. But we did take action to start the process. And the goal in the end is to have funding to develop a world-class transit system in the Bay Area. So, thank you. It passed unanimously. Thank you. Uh, now I'll turn to the SMART report from Commissioner Lucan. Uh, thank you, Chair. I'll be very brief. Uh, the general manager's uh, report from SMART uh, is in the supplemental packet. There's a lot of great information in there, especially some year-end highlights, uh, capping off 2023. Uh, the one that I will just mention is uh, smart experience in 2023, a 4.5% increase in ridership over 2019, which is the full year prior to the pandemic. Uh, it was an all-time um, record for smart in terms of, of riders that were carried there comparison to 2019. Uh, and also, I believe, makes smart the only uh, transit agency in the Bay Area that saw an increase um, in ridership compared to 2019. Uh, so great progress being made there. I encourage you to take a look at all the highlights. Uh, in the general manager's report from SMART in the supplemental packet. Thank you. Thank you. Any commissioner matters not in the agenda? Uh, commissioner Sackett? 
Yeah, I just wanted to share quickly that, um, so you may recall SB 381, which was the Mineta Institute um, study on e-bikes that was mandated last year by the legislature. Um, last week, Anne and parametric staff, Dr. Willis, myself, and Gwen from Safe Roots met with the Mineta Institute, the two lead researchers and their research assistant to kind of share what we were collecting, where we were, and give give them that jump start on um, the data. And I think they were appreciative appreciative of that and keeping that dialogue open um, in hopes that they will come back within a year with their study as opposed to two years. Any other commission matters, Commissioner Eklund? Thank you uh, very much. Um, I uh, uh, distributed the um, Association of Bay Area Governments uh, report, monthly report um, through MCCMC yesterday. Um, but I have an addition uh, that I'd like to report. Uh, that is today, the uh, Bay Area Housing Finance Authority approved the business plan, the expenditure plan, and also the adoption of a resolution uh, recommending the ABAG Executive Board approve the general obligation bond ballot measure uh, for housing uh, to be put on the ballot in November. So I watched the um, entire meeting and it was unanimous and um, support from uh, the people that were attending as well. And I'm sure that um, ABAG um, will have a lot of questions, but I'm sure that um, we will um, uh, hopefully adopt it as well so that cities and counties and can get some funds for um, achieving our housing numbers and developing affordable housing. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner, oh, Commissioner Fredericks. Um, wh while I have not been delegated to say anything, I would like to thank our executive director, Ann Richmond, uh, for going out in the community and explaining to people uh, what TAM does, what TAM can do, and what they have done, and most especially uh, for her presentation to MCCMC. We have so many new council members. It was very valuable, very articulate, and everyone appreciated it. Thank you. Thank you, Eddie. Commissioner Catron? Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, I just wanted to let the public know and commissioners know that um, Last week, uh, California OPC, which is the Ocean Protection Council, just uh, released its new guidance on sea level rise projections. Um, this can be found at opc.ca.gov. And what this guidance does, it, it sort of, um, you know, provides the best available science for decision makers and policymakers, but it's also tied to SB1, um, which is... Uh, you know, tethered to about $660 million in the governor's uh, budget this year for coastal resiliency uh, projects and programs. And so it's something that um, commissioners might be interested in um, or your your councils might be interested in uh, as we start to think about sea level rise uh, in the county. Thanks. Thank you. Commissioner Blaustein. Yeah, I just wanted to 
thank Director Richmond for presenting at the MCCMC yesterday. It was really fantastic. And I echo uh, Council Commissioner Frederick's remarks that we really appreciate the excellent presentation and showing up and providing that information to us. So just wanted to make sure that you got the recognition at this meeting as well. Thank you so much for the great work that you do explaining what TAM does, which is not always straightforward and letting other council members and also community members know how important the work that all of you are doing is. So thank you. Do we have any public comment on this item in the room? Seeing none, any online, Jennifer? Uh, yes, we have a hand raise. Ava, please unmute. Thanks, can you hear me okay? We can. Thank you. Um, I'm looking around the room at the board and I'm impressed by how many drivers there are and um, how many wealthy people are on this board. And I'm just kind of wondering, because it seems like you guys make an awful lot of decisions about public transportation, which uh, except for the fancy commuter buses, which run uh, in a very different fashion from the rest of public transport in Marin, I'm just wondering how it's possibly appropriate that there are so few working class people in positions of power or authority making decisions. I was on one of your meetings last year and there was only one woman um, who spoke up for uh, students at College of Marin and people in the canal who relied on the buses that were getting cut. And I remember watching the reaction of Stephanie Moulton Peters, and I was just floored that she didn't seem to understand why um, why those lines needed to stay available. And then there was another comment um, from from Stephanie about the fact that the 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 fares haven't gone up. Well, when you're poor, the fares are too high. And it's astounding to me that we can say we're environmentally conscious and we want to be green and we care about equity. And you guys still haven't figured out how to do, uh, you know, free fares for everyone. Because if you made public transportation free, people would really take it more and there'd be a greater demand and then you could build it up. All right. But thank if you. You don't even have so like working class people minutes, on the thank board. You, Jennifer. We're, we're good. We'll now move on to item four, executive director's report. Okay, good evening, everyone. And Richmond here, nice to see you all. And uh, happy new year for our first meeting of 2024. Um, even though there were some holidays in between the last meeting and now, I do have quite a few items to report on uh, with the usual slideshow. So uh, Jennifer, if you go to the next slide, please. Um, so last month, you may recall, we presented an overview of the Marin Commutes program, and uh, we are pleased to uh, let everyone know that the New Year Commute Challenge has kicked off, and this is a six-week campaign that's part of the Marin Commutes program that runs from January 15th to February 25th, and during this period, participants can earn additional rewards for logging green trips. Um, this challenge really builds on the year-round program or in commutes rewards, which aims to incentivize and recognize sustainable transportation choices. Um, there's more information at marincommutes.org, and we always appreciate helping spread the word 
Uh, and you might have seen there was a nice article in the Marin IJ recently about the program as well. Next slide. A uh, quick update about the North-South Greenway. Um, the next segment that will extend the path south from the recently completed crossing over Cordomdera Creek along Old Redwood Highway um, is uh, starting construction. So TAM had completed the environmental and design phases and the city of Larkspur is advancing the project into construction with their contractor, Gelati Construction Company. So construction is starting and the public can expect to see activity in this area. We also learned this month that the bridge over Cordomadera Creek can count yet another award in its collection of trophies as it was recently named the California Outstanding Bridge Project by the American Society of Civil Engineers. So that is a, a really significant award. And that is in addition to the two previously announced awards for the project. So uh, I uh, have to say it never gets old and kudos and congrats to Bill Whitney and the whole project team for their great work. Next slide. Uh, also pleased to note that another of the major roads projects has been completed. And uh, this is congratulations to the city of San Rafael for the recent opening of the Third Street Rehabilitation Project. This is the second major roads project in the city and the ninth to be completed in Marin since the program started under Measure A. Funding for this particular project included almost $13 million from TAM's sales tax measure A and AA funds. And uh, if you've been down the corridor, uh, you can't miss it. The project consists of pavement rehabilitation, pedestrian and bike safety features, curb ramps, intersection improvements, utility updates, lighting, traffic signals, trees, reconfiguring the roadway in certain locations, and an eight foot wide class four separated bike lane on the south side of Second Street. Uh, with a dedicated sidewalk for pedestrians. So somehow um, the city engineers managed to squeeze all of that into a fairly constrained environment in one of the busiest corridors in Marin County. And uh, San Rafael began construction in spring of 2022 and completed it really in late 2023. And the ribbon cutting was held on January 12th. Uh, so my next item is that following on the analysis that we did last year of the North-South Greenway and the Cross Marin Bikeway, um, earlier this month, TAM submitted an application for a Caltrans planning grant to prepare a countywide active transportation plan for Marin County. And this is really intended to build on all of the active transportation planning work that has been done by TAM and the county and each of the jurisdictions. And it's expected to help guide development um, of a countywide network uh, and the approach would include data analysis and public outreach um, and will also support local decision makers in helping to prioritize key projects and increase collaboration among different agencies that uh, may have cross-jurisdictional projects. So the application was submitted and we expect to hear back from Caltrans sometime this summer as to grant awards. Turning to some partner news, uh, Commissioner Lucan mentioned a few smart highlights, but also wanted to note that they will be hosting a series of workshops uh, to help update their strategic plan beginning on January 31st, and this will help set the course for the agency for the next several years. The workshops will be conducted on Zoom, and each workshop has a different topic, as shown here. Um, and the public is invited to participate and provide input at one or all or any of the Zoom workshops, and they all start at 6 p.m. Next slide. 
We have talked um, in the past about vehicle miles traveled or VMT and how this relates to certain projects in Marin. Um, so it's worth noting that MTC recently released a set of guidelines, templates, examples, and other resources for local jurisdictions uh, to help them plan and put in place policies that support uh, VMT reduction. And this is important uh, for a number of reasons, um, not least of which because it is related to uh, CEQA for certain kinds of projects. So some of the example policies are listed here um, and um, the information is just available to anyone from the MTC website. And relatedly, you might recall that in 2023, TAM was awarded a grant from Caltrans to develop a VMT toolkit for local jurisdictions. Uh, and I can report that we just received the notice to proceed with that work. So we will be starting that uh, immediately. And this toolkit will really look at developing um, localized VMT data and available mitigations in each area of the county. So while the MTC resources are certainly uh, useful, the TAM project will be much more focused on the um, distinct areas within Marin County. Next slide, please. Um, so speaking of MTC, they are rolling out a number of funding programs, uh, some of which, one of which is already open and the others are expected soon. So TAM staff has been communicating with local jurisdictions to help spread the word. And uh, the current programs are listed here. So the fleet electrification planning call for projects is actually open now. Um, I think the deadline is kind of mid-February. And then coming up soon will be the Priority Conservation Area Program, the Active Transportation Program, and then the RM3 uh, Bay Trail, it should say Bay Trail, not Bay Area, Bay Trail Safe Routes to Transit Program as well, which is a new program uh, developed under RM3. So we have reached out to the Public Works Departments to encourage them to send us their potential project, uh, just some brief information so that we can take a look and see if there's any way that TAM can assist them uh, in putting together applications for these programs. Uh, another funding opportunity that I wanted to mention is from the California Energy Commission, and they have released a call for projects for charging infrastructure to support electrification uh, for tribal and government fleets in California. Um, we did find out that this program is intended primarily for larger installations on the order of 100 or more chargers, so there probably are only a few locations in Marin that would qualify, um, but if anyone has a project that they want to do that is on that kind of scale, um, please let us know, and uh, the deadline is April 5th, so there's time to develop your 100 charger project. Uh, this slide just shows some of the community events and presentations that TAM has been participating in recently and a couple of upcoming ones, including the uh, Forecasting the Future event at the Marin Economic Forum and a presentation to the Marin Coalition. We have the Caltrans report included in my executive director's report. Um, and I also want to note that we will be shifting to quarterly production of these reports going forward. They do take a fair amount of staff time, and uh, we think that more will more changes will be seen from one report to the next if we go to a quarterly format. So uh, that is our intent with those. And then finally, I just want to add my appreciation for Lee and Nick and their combined almost 27 years of service to TAM. So uh, we have some fun historical team photos included on this slide going back to 2007. 
And uh, really, I can't say enough about the positive influence that both of them have had on the agency. I might need a minute here. Uh, Lee, you have been a stalwart presence really from almost the beginning of TAM. And certainly as long as I've been here, and I definitely remember uh, the first month when we had our five-day PS, PS, public service power outage uh, that affected the office and a number of staff and just working with you closely on what to do about that. Um, you've always kept a watchful eye on all things financial, um, but you also bring your warmth and your can-do spirit uh, to everything that you do with the staff, the Citizens Oversight Committee and the board. You've been a stellar CFO and a good friend to so many people. And Nick, you have been involved in some of TAM's biggest projects from Marin Sonoma Narrows. I don't know if I have all these segments right, but I think B1, B3, B6, B7, B8, A1, A2, and A3. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> um, and to State Route 37, which is, you know, the mega project of all mega projects. And uh, you always keep your eye on the big picture and work collaboratively to solve problems. And I guess it was fate that you would end up at Novato after working on those two projects. <laughs> uh, but we will miss you both very much. And we know that you will do great work at Caltrain and with the city of Novato. And please uh, come back and visit often. You're welcome anytime. And that concludes my report for tonight. Thank you, Anne. Any commissioner comments, questions? Commissioner Cormorow. Yeah, hi, and thank you so much for the presentation. So could you explain just a little bit more about this Caltrans active transportation plan? Like what's the timing of it? What's likely to come out of it? You know, what can individual communities expect to benefit from it when it's taking place? Kind of provide a little more context around it. Sure, so um, I mean, we submitted a, the application through the Caltrans planning grant program. This is a um, grant cycle that they run more or less yearly. So, you know, we would expect to hear back in a few months. The VMT analysis um, study that I mentioned is through the same um, um, grant program, the Caltrans planning grants. And so if we were awarded the funds, we would probably be starting a year or so from now, but it's very competitive. So, you know, we really don't have a sense of whether we'll get the funds this year or might have to come back and reapply in the future. Um, you know, in the past, TAM has provided funding for jurisdictions to do active transportation plans or bicycle plans for each jurisdiction, and uh, the funding for that was through the One Bay Area Grant Program in the past. Um, we were not able to do that in this cycle. We could consider it for the future, but in the meantime, we wanted to put in this application in order to consider a sort of more network-based plan approach to active transportation. So kind of building on the work from the North-South Greenway and the Cross Marin Bikeway analysis, but really looking at, you know, how do we advance the segments that are remaining in that and where else in the county are there um, sort of opportunities to knit together a more sort of seamless active transport network among all the jurisdictions. So. Um, you know, encouraging multi-jurisdictional collaboration and really taking a kind of a, a bigger lens. So um, it's a little different than kind of each city or town doing their own planning work. And we would probably keep it at a somewhat higher level, not get down into sort of project level design as part of this planning activity, but um, really trying to look across the whole county. Great, thanks. 
Any other commissioner questions or comments? All right, seeing I, none. I, wait, I have oh, a question. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's just difficult when I'm on Zoom. Thank you, um, uh, Chair Colbert. So thank you very much, um, Director Richmond, for that presentation. Really appreciate it. I just wanted to dig in a little bit on the California Energy Commission charging infrastructure opportunity that you mentioned, since you noted that it's only available for up to 100 chargers. Do you know if they would welcome a partnership? So if many of us here perhaps decided we could come up with within all of our Marina County municipalities or four or five of them where we could put a hundred chargers, they would accept a joint application. Uh, we would have to look into that and get back to you, but certainly if there's interest, uh, we can follow up on that. Okay, great. I'll probably follow up. Thank you. Chair. Hey, yep. Yeah. Oh, um, hi. Um, Nancy Chemnitz here, Belvedere. Um, I, excuse me if I missed something, but I didn't see in the Caltrans report, uh, anything about proposed uh, design, um, including new bike lanes on Tiburon Boulevard. And um, this came up at our recent uh, city council meeting. I believe we sent, have sent a letter um, uh, mentioning our concerns about uh, the design of um, a, bike, a new bike lane along uh, Tiburon Boulevard between Blackfield and Black East Pasture. Um, one of the reasons I raised that is that um, <clears throat> one of the proposals uh, raised in the in the comment period at council uh, was whether um, it might be best to maintain the existing route, which um, is not on Caltrans property. Uh, it's on a uh, street called Greenwood, I think. Um, there's a lot of public engagement around this at this time. And I'm wondering if it is a multi-jurisdictional issue, uh, how the uh, uh, jurisdictions of Tehran and Belvedere would go about um, putting in their comment. So thank you, Commissioner Chemnitzer. The the project is noted in the Caltrans report. You know, the report um, kind of categorizes different projects based on what project phase they're in. So you have to actually look at where the project is in its project life cycle. And this one, if I think it's the one you're referring to, is on page nine of the um the EDR rehabilitate pavement. We're in 131 on Route 131 Tiburon Boulevard. From interchange to Main Street, that sounds like the same yeah, project. I yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see it. Which phase is it in? Uh, it's in the. It's in the environmental phase. Oh, that may that may have been why I miss it. So it's not in the design phase. Not yet. I think they have um, not quite finalized the project environmental document yet. Okay, I I do see it there. Um, how is it how? Um, would it be dealt with when it's a multi-jurisdictional uh, issue? For example, it's a Caltrans project, but the proposal is that um, that the bike lane would be maintained um, on the private streets. Uh, I'm not completely sure I'm following your question. Is it about who maintains the who, yes, who, project once it's exactly. kind of in operation? So no, who, who uh, when the design involves both Caltrans property and 
say TAM uh, jurisdiction, um, how then do you address those concerns? So Caltrans would normally work with both jurisdictions, uh, Belvedere and Tiburon, if there were questions and you know, hopefully your public works staff can uh, be in touch with the right person at Caltrans. And we've been following this project a little bit. So um, I think, you know, the, the staff here, if there's some uncertainty about who at Caltrans to contact could help find the right person. Okay. The suggestion was made that um, the letter go to Caltrans and, and copy um, TAM. Sure. So, yeah, that yeah. works. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Additional commissioner comments, questions? All right, seeing none. Oh, and, and kudos to Bill. You keep winning awards for that great bridge. So well done. That's great. Um, move on to item five. Chair, Open oh. Chair, we should we have some hands oh, raised right, for public, public comment. comment. In the room? None? Online? Uh, yes. Ava, please unmute. Thanks so much. Um, a couple things. I just hope that you guys are going to dial back in. We're having a hard time hearing report. you. Um, I know there's a big push for electrification of vehicles. Okay, can you hear me better now? Yes, we can. Okay, great. Um, so... Uh, one thing that, that I know you're pushing for the county as a whole is pushing for two and all the cities is more electric vehicles and more charging stations. And I'm wondering um, if there's any plan to even assess or have anywhere on the agenda a review of um, how the, the push for these vehicles uh, is impacting um, the Congo uh, because we're seeing a massive displacement. Of, of people um, from the DRC um, because of the demand for the, the minerals for these um, batteries. And even without the massive displacement, it's causing enormous poisoning of their waters and their land. Uh, and obviously a lot of child labor is involved. And I realize that, you know, the county does what it wants to do and the state does what it wants to do, but I'm just wondering if we're kind of approaching some sort of breaking point where you can't just pretend that this isn't a problem anymore um, and that these people don't matter because it's, um, you know, after you finish raping the Congo, uh, they're going to be extracting minerals. In fact, they're already extracting minerals from the All right, seafloor. Ava, can you wrap and that's it up, please? Creating, yeah, and that's creating, but are you going to put this on the agenda? Okay, thank you. Uh, next public comment online or on Zoom? Yes. Warren, please unmute. Hi, this is Warren Wells, the Marin County Bicycle Coalition. We're just calling to express our appreciation um, for TAM for submitting that um, Cal Caltrans Sustainable Planning Grant for the um, Countywide Transportation Plan. We were happy to uh, write a letter of support for that. Sorry, my daughter's in the background. And uh, we'll be very uh, wishing Tam good luck in uh, receiving that grant uh, going forward. So really appreciate that hard work there. Thanks so much. Any additional Zoom comment, Jennifer? I don't see any additional hands raised at this time, Chair. Thank you. 
Item five, open time for public expression, up to two minutes per speaker on items not on the agenda that are within the subject matter or the agency's jurisdiction. While members of the public are welcome to address the board under the Brown Act, board members may not deliberate or take action on items not on the agenda and may generally only listen. We will begin with comments from within the chambers. Welcome. Good afternoon, good evening, actually, Board of Commissioners. My name is Terry Green, and I sit on the board of the Marin City Community Services District and Flood Zone 3 Board, as well as the Executive Director of Marin City Climate Resilience. Marin City needs an advocate. We need a champion. I would like someone from this board, or it could be more than one, to be a champion for us in Marin City when it comes to these issues of transportation. You all have our information, my name and email and phone numbers at the bottom of the page. Please get in touch with me. I'm here because I would like you all to really consider the fact that Marin City needs a barrier wall. We need a barrier wall. A barrier wall could deal with noise pollution. It could deal with air pollution, as well as the toxic waters that runs down the freeway, 12 acres of freeway into our community. I just want to read to you, and I had a young lady to do this really quickly for me before I came, and I recognize the issue here, but some of the health impacts of living close to a freeway when there's no barrier wall. You can get strokes, cancer, asthma, and our children have the highest asthma rate in all of Marin County. Anxiety and headaches, hearing loss. And the number of our children with hearing loss and with speech impediments, it's unreal. We have the highest decibel level. It's been proven, it's been three uh, tests already that's been done. Highest level in Marin County, yet we don't have a barrier wall. You can get heart attacks, have kidney disease, cardiovascular disease, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. These are facts. These are things that happens. And we could do something about it. You all could do something about it. I asked Ann Richmond this evening when I came, I said, because it seems as though we always have to go out and get money, find the money ourselves when you all, I got 20, don't I have 20? Appreciate I'm, I'm right? just going to, no, just, just wrap it up close. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Why do we always have to go out and find the funding? So I asked the question, I said, what if we came up with $2 million? Would you all build a barrier wall for us? Would you do it? So I need a champion. We need champions. Please get in touch with me. I don't know what else to do. Go to five on my side. I don't, we don't know what else to do. Get legal help. We need help in Marin City. Thank you. Thank you. Additional public comment tonight? Good evening. Uh, I second everything Terry Green, uh, Miss Terry Green uh, stated tonight. I sat on the CSD board with her for four and a half years. I'm no longer on the board. Um, she stated it all. Uh, I'm born and raised there. Um, I see it. We've, we, we're living it. We've lived it, continue to live it. But I have a, you know, the county in your part, obviously, there's many parts, many facets to this. In your part, you uh, 
you know, when I, more so these days because of summer of 2020, advocate and put services in in Marin City, services leave, services come, services leave. When I was a kid, I heard about services come, services leave, leave, budget cuts. The barrier wall wouldn't, wouldn't leave. The barrier wall would come and stay. So uh, the county, I, I know you, you know, tend to do better. You say equity every, you know, every 20 seconds. Um, I'm hopeful that, uh, I do believe that you, you, you see the importance of a wall. We know us, uh, Barry, uh, it, it is and it will continue to be very political, but black lives are not political, or are they? I don't know. Am I political? Do I look political? So, Ms. Moulton Peters, in your district, uh, not to single you out, it is your district, uh, I'm going to ask that Terry and I be part of a uh, quote-unquote non-official or maybe official committee to work with you all. You're just one body. Of course, there's many areas that this, the t t t many areas that we need to communicate with and talk with and advocate with to get this done. This is just one body. So we want to talk with you all, meet with you all regarding moving this forward, how to move this forward, the best way forward. So I am asking with your discretion, you do have discretion to give a little bit of feedback, Mr. Colbert, who should we talk to? Who should we email uh, tomorrow or next week about a possible uh, committee or a non-official committee to move this forward? So I ask you for feedback from you. Uh, where do we go from here? Thank you. Thanks for the comments. Uh, additional public comment in the room? Uh, good evening, Commissioners. I'm Matt Hartzell with WTB TAM. If you would please direct your attention to the map of the North-South Greenway in Marin and Sonoma counties that we passed out at the beginning of the meeting. I asked you to note how many segments in Sonoma County are colored green or yellow. The green segments are complete and the yellow segments have already been funded for construction. That means that not long from now, the North-South Greenway will be finished in Sonoma County. Unfortunately, the same cannot be said for Marin County. If you flip the map over to the Marin County side, you'll see several orange and red colored segments. The orange colored segments have been funded to shovel ready status, which means engineering, environmental permits and environmental clearances. The segments that SMART is currently designing between Smith Ranch Road and Novato fall into this category. Um, they will be shovel ready later this year, but SMART still needs help finding money to actually build them. The red colored segments need the most help of all because they are not even funded to shovel ready status yet. Most of them are located south of Larkspur and are thus outside of SMART's operating corridor and instead are the responsibility of Marin's various local agencies. We are advocating to make completion of these red segments, these outstanding gaps in the greenway, a top goal and strategy of the Marin countywide transportation plan. But before that plan is even complete, there are opportunities to fund some of these segments to shovel ready that we hope you are paying close attention to. The MTC is getting ready to roll out its $150 million Bay Trail grant program this spring, and Greenway segments in Sausalito and along the southern segment in Greenbrae are both eligible contenders. We urge TAM, as the lead agency for the southern segment, to submit an application for the Bay Trail grant to bring the southern segment to shovel ready status. And we urge TAM to work with its local agency partners in Sausalito to file an application to do the same with Harbor Drive to Gate 6 Road and Napa Street to Johnson Street in Sausalito. Thank you. I wonder who's going to follow Matthew. 
Good evening. My name is Patrick Seidler. I am also from WTBTM. And I'd like to direct your attention to the handout on the front of it that says Central Marin Ferry Connection. And just give some context to some of the comments that Matthew made. The North-South Greenway was conceived in 1993 and in 1994 was formalized in a North-South Greenway study funded by the federal government. So the county's been working on it for 30 years. And the Smart Pathway in Sonoma, they've actually only started in 2003. So they've been working at it for 21 years. And we really want to applaud the great efforts, both in Sonoma and Marin County, for all the segments that have been done and, clo and are close to completion. And Matthew has shown that the Greenway can advance the, through some of these uh, opportunities for funding that are coming up. Some things to note, just to give you some context, is that from the day of the concept of the idea of opening the Cal, Cal Park Hill Tunnel to the day it was opened took place in 16 years. 16 years, we opened up a train tunnel. We also built the, the pathway from uh, Mission Avenue up to the top of Puerto Suelo Hill. Can you believe that? 16 years. And we've built all these other segments, but what's our Achilles heel? Where's the tough one? And it's right in the palm of our hand. It's the southern segment of the Central Marin Ferry Connection. Tam and uh, Bill Whitney and his team have done an incredible job completing the Cordillera Creek overcrossing. We also want to applaud him for all three of the awards that they've won. It's incredible. And Bill's built a number of the segments of the North South Greenway. On the back of the, the handout that I've given you, that's the uh, that's a segment of this of the southern segment for that's been on for 17 years, and we have no funding for it yet, no environmental clearances, no engineering. So what we want you to do is is to see that the importance of the ferry connection, given Matthew's uh, information about where the greenway is, and how do we build this segment? Political will, and what do we need to get political will? a champion. Make this southern segment a priority. Let's continue TAM's success and a commitment to complete the North-South Greenway in Marin County. Thank you very much. Thank you. Any additional public comment in the room? None. Jennifer, any online? Chair, I don't see any hands raised at this time. Great. Thank you. I will close public comment. Before I do, I will offer one comment that I have had discussions with our executive director, and I believe that Caltrans is supposed to do a study to see if a wall will in fact help the community in Marin City. So with that, we will close public comment and move on to item six. This is the consent agenda. Um, we will take public comment on the consent agenda before passing on it. Um, commissioners, do you have any changes? Seeing none, any public comment in the room? Jennifer, any on Zoom? I don't see any hands raised at this time, Chair. Thank you. Bring you back here. Would anyone care to make a motion? I'll move the consent calendar. Second. First by Commissioner Radoni, second by Mayor Cage. Jennifer, the roll, please. Commissioner Beckman? Yes. Commissioner Blaustein? Yes. Commissioner Carmel? Yes. Commissioner Collins? Aye. Commissioner Catrano? Yes. Commissioner Eklund? Aye. Commissioner Fredericks? Yes. Commissioner Chemnitzer? Yes. Commissioner Kuhl? Yes. Commissioner Moulton Peters? Yes. Commissioner Rice? Yes. Commissioner Rodoni? Yes. Commissioner Sackett? Yes. Vice Chair Lucan? Yes. Chair Colbert? Yes. Passes. We'll move on to our only item of the night, uh, adopt the 2024 Marin County Local Road Safety uh, Plan. And this is an action item. 
Okay, Chair, uh, if I may just do a quick introduction to this item. So as you noted, this is an action item to adopt the 2024 Marin County Local Road Safety Plan. And just uh, by way of background, uh, as many of you know, road safety has become a key focus area for regional, state, and federal transportation agencies, as well as for many local jurisdictions. Roadway crashes and fatalities spiked during the pandemic with over 42,000 deaths in 2022 nationwide. Just think about that number. Marin has long been a leader in striving for safer and healthier transportation from our groundbreaking Safe Routes to School program to the 2018 System Safety Analysis Report or SSAR. The SSAR identified high collision locations in the county and proposed countermeasures to address safety related issues. This document was used to pursue and obtain uh, significant grant funds for safety improvements in multiple locations. So the local road safety plan before you tonight really builds on the same process that the SSAR used, but it goes further in defining methods, which when implemented can make our communities safer. So TAM and Marin County DPW led the effort to prepare the local road safety plan and the vision zero goals with participation from all Marin County jurisdictions, as well as other partners. This has truly been a collaborative effort and we definitely want to extend our appreciation. So with that, I would like to pass it on to Jen Schreiber from Parametrics to lead the presentation. All right. Hi, can everyone hear me? Great. Yes. Um, all right, so thank you all um, very much for having me today. Um, like Anne said, I'm going to be going through um, the local road safety plan that was developed for Marin County. So you can go to the next slide, please. Uh, so this is just an overview of what I'll be discussing today. We'll start off with a background about what exactly is a local road safety plan and then dive into some of the features of this plan. Next slide, please. So a local road safety plan is essentially a data-driven roadmap to improve road user safety um, in a given jurisdiction. Uh, it is used to identify, analyze, and ultimately prioritize roadway safety improvements, and notably um, agencies that are applying for uh, many federal grants, including the HZIP and Safe Streets for All, uh, are required to have a local road safety plan or a comparable plan. Next, plan. Uh, next slide. So LRSPs are used to systematically identify safety problems and recommend safety improvements. Um, they also really help facilitate uh, partnerships and collaboration and ultimately create a prioritized list of improvements uh, that demonstrate a defined need and a time range for employment. Like I said, um, can be um, good candidates for funding uh, for implementation. Next slide, please. As part of the development of this local road safety plan, um, we were guided by a uh, technical advisory com committee that was made up of the participants you can see here, so members from 10 jurisdictions and organizations throughout the county, um, and they provided a lot of really uh, key feedback and guidance um, on everything from the plan's overarching vision and goals to the data analysis and strategies. They also reviewed the draft plan. Um, and aside from the technical advisory committee, we also met with representatives from the jurisdictions at key points to get feedback along the way. Uh, next slide, please. So a uh, vision is a really key part of a local road safety plan because it describes essentially the, the outcome that we'd like to achieve through the implementation of this plan. Um, the 
vision that you see here was developed, um, like I said, in coordination with the Technical Advisory Committee and input from the jurisdictions. And it aligns with the Vision Zero principles, um, essentially striving to eliminate collision-related fatalities and severe injuries. Um, this also is uh, supported by several goals um, that you see underneath this vision um, to help us achieve this vision. And so these include um, really systematically implementing safety solutions um, using a multifaceted approach, um, as, as I mentioned, uh, that features collaboration, spanning jurisdictions, and um, also spanning disciplines, so not just engineering, but also things like education, enforcement, and so on. Um, it includes um, really focusing on vulnerable users, whether those are cyclists, older adults, uh, children, um, to increase safety and then making sure that any investments that are made are done so in a fair and equitable manner for all citizens in Marin County. Next slide, please. Uh, so next we're going to jump into some of the data, uh, the collision data overview. Um, this, the next few slides are a high level overview of the county, but if you look in the plan, we do go into much more detail um, jurisdiction by jurisdiction. So to start off with, we analyzed collision data from 2017 to 2021, which was the uh, five most recent complete years of data. Uh, we also looked at uh, non-state-owned collector and arterial roads, and we specifically looked at collisions that resulted in an injury or fatality. So in these numbers here, unless I uh, specifically say so, these do not include crashes that just resulted in property damage. Um, those are obviously important, but the focus of this plan um, and our vision is to look at um, injuries and fatalities. So in the county during that study period, there were over 2,100 collisions re resulting in an injury. Um, and this included 28 fatalities and 199 severe injury uh, collisions. Um, as you can see here, the collisions, the number of collisions peaked in 2018 with 542. Um, meanwhile, in 2018, we saw the peak of KSI collisions, so those are collisions resulting in a fatality or a serious injury. And then the, um, the year with the highest number of fatal collisions was 2019 with 10. Next slide, please. So this chart on the left shows the top primary collision factors, so essentially the top um, causes of these crashes. Um, the dark blue bar is showing all collisions. The gray bar shows KSI only, so those severe and fatal crashes. And then the pink bar is showing fatal collisions only. Um, and it was interesting to note that the top four primary collision factors resulted in over 60% of injury collisions in the county. Um, and notably, uh, looking at unsafe speed, um, so uh, speeding resulting in crashes, that actually accounted for 26% of injury crashes, as well as 20% of those severe uh, injury and fatal crashes. Uh, it's also important to note that while impaired driving or cycling um, maybe wasn't responsible for the largest proportion of injury crashes overall, it really had an outsized effect on the percentage of fatal crashes in the county. Uh, looking at the charts on the right here, this gets into the collisions by mode. So at the top here, we have all crashes, and, and this does include those property damage only crashes. Um, and you can see that for the county, really the majority of crashes are involving uh, motor vehicles only. Meanwhile, 8% of crashes involve cyclists, and while most of these involve a cyclist and a vehicle, some of those are also solo bicycle crashes. 
uh, 5% involve a pedestrian, again, pedestrians and vehicles um, involved in the crash. And then 5% involve uh, motorcycles, and that could be a motorcycle and another vehicle or just a solo motorcycle. Uh, looking at the bottom chart, this considers only injury and fatal crashes. And you can see that those vulnerable users, so cyclists, pedestrians, and motorcyclists, really make up um, a much higher percentage of the crashes that are resulting in injuries and fatalities. So 19% for cyclists, 14% for pedestrians, and 7% for motorcyclists. So this really drives home the importance of considering those vulnerable users um, when coming up with these solutions to improve safety. Next slide, please. As part of the work for the local road safety plan, we developed a high collision network. And this is essentially identifying those spots, whether they're segments or intersections, um, where uh, or these locations that have the highest rates of collisions in the county. Um, and this was developed countywide um, in collaboration with the jurisdictions, but um, really being guided by the data as well. Um, and for this high collision network, we have 70 road segments and 93 intersections. And these are, like I said, throughout the county. Um, so high collision network segments and intersections can be found in every jurisdiction, um, with the exception of Tiburon and, Bol uh, and Belvedere, which had uh, very few collisions and zero severe um, severe injury or fatal crashes. Uh, the chart at the bottom just shows the representation of these locations throughout the jurisdictions. And we can see that San Rafael, Novato, and Unincorporated Marin do have the highest number of locations. And this really tracks with what we were seeing in the uh, jurisdiction data analysis. Um, those jurisdictions did have a lot more crashes than the others, uh, just due to a number of factors. Uh, next slide, please. We also considered emphasis areas, and these are an important part of local road safety plan in that they highlight high priority issues where there's a real opportunity to make improvements. And these can be things like behaviors that cause crashes, crash types, uh, users, or locations. And so for each jurisdiction, uh, we identified the emphasis areas that were overrepresented compared to the county. So for example, if there is a higher percentage of pedestrian crashes in a jurisdiction compared to the percentage of pedestrian crashes countywide, we flagged that as an emphasis area. And then we came up with goals and strategies for each of these areas. Next slide, please. So this chart shows all of the emphasis areas that we identified for the county. So those are in the first column on the left. And we came up with 11 um, emphasis areas for the whole county. And then those shaded boxes show which ones were assigned to each jurisdiction. Um, and this, uh, we, we really let the data guide us here as well as the number of collisions. So you'll, you'll see that some of the jurisdictions that had fewer collisions maybe only have a few emphasis areas. Meanwhile, those jurisdictions that have a lot of collisions will have more emphasis areas. And for each of these emphasis areas, we, um, we noted a goal that was in line with the overall vision and goal of the local road safety plan. So for example, um, for the pedestrian emphasis area, our goal was typically to eliminate severe uh, injury and fatal crashes from pedestrian collisions uh, by 2050, which was the date stated in our vision and goals. Uh, for some of the jurisdictions that had a higher number of collisions, we also included intermediate goals uh, to sort of help guide their progress towards that 2050 ultimate goal. Next slide, please. And then we came up with a number of strategies for each emphasis area. And this, again, is a very high-level slide. Um, if you look in the, the plan itself, we do give um, more specific strategies for each emphasis area, for each jurisdiction. 
Um, but we were really guided here by the Caltrans Strategic Highway Safety Plan's five E's, um, which are education, enforcement, engineering, emergency response, and emerging technology, uh, to really come at these issues in a more holistic way. Um, so for education, for example, our strategies um, involve educating not only adults, but also students through safe routes to schools. Um, enforcement could be active enforcement or more passive enforcement. Um, engineering is a um, number of proven engineering countermeasures, for example, that could calm traffic or um, improve bicycle facilities. Meanwhile, emergency response includes things like uh, emergency vehicle preemption systems or enhanced training. And then emerging technology uh, includes a whole host of different things, um, everything from video data to smart signals. Next slide, please. Um, in addition, we developed a, a subset of the high collision network locations into uh, priority project locations. And these reflect high impact improvements that would be good candidates for grant funding. And we selected these locations um, based on their crash characteristics, their, you know, the, the overall numbers and rates of crashes, but also in coordination with, with the jurisdictions to really see what their priorities were in their jurisdictions. Um, on the right here, this is an example of a, primary, a priority project location for Novato. So just giving some examples of countermeasures that could be used to enhance safety based on the data that we were seeing. Next slide. And then the local road safety plan also um, provides some high level guidance on implementation and evaluation. And this includes things such as next steps and timelines. So um, specifying or providing guidance on which strategies would be more short-term versus midterm versus longer term. It also discusses funding sources and strategies, for example, those federal safety grants um, and provides some guidance on coordination and partnership, policy supports and evaluation metrics. And evaluation is particularly key as it helps uh, jurisdictions to track their progress over time uh, towards this ultimate goal. Next slide. So just to wrap up, the next steps for this local road safety plan are, um, first of all, adoption by TAM, as well as adoption um, by the county, as well as the jurisdictions. And then the plan can be used to secure federal funding for road safety projects, uh, like I said, from a number of federal sources, um, including highway safety improvement programs, safe streets for all, and others. Uh, next slide. And so with that, I'll wrap up and take any questions. Thank you so much. Commissioner, questions? Commissioner. Thank you for that excellent report. I'm a big supporter of Vision Zero, and this really provides the data and the background for making those decisions to make our streets even safer. I do have a bunch of questions, and I have a couple around the data itself. And I'm assuming it doesn't include 101. When you said non-arterial, non-state, just in regular terms, you mean not including 101? Yeah, that's that's correct. Okay. And does it include the off-ramps? Because some of the off-ramps, like, when I, again, I'm going to speak to the San Rafael data because I looked at that one most closely. Probably the same for my fellow commissioners. Some are at intersections that are directly related to on and off-ramps. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't include... Uh any crashes on the ramps themselves at their Caltrans facilities, but on the connecting roads, they okay. those would be picked up. Okay, so the ones at intersection. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just had a quick, because you had that impaired driving or cycling, I'm just a clarity question. Is that impaired driving or impaired cycling? And does cycling include motorcycles? Because again, I was trying to tease out the bicycle information. Yeah, so impaired, um, so essentially motorcycles 
do fall under the drivers. So if, if a motorcyclist is impaired, they would count as one of those impaired drivers. An impaired cyclist would be a bicyclist who's under okay. the Okay, so it's impaired driving drivers or impaired cyclists. I wasn't sure if that Correct, countermeasure yeah. was um, cycling. Okay, that is very helpful. So I had a uh, other question about the data. Obviously, San Rafael is a connector for San Anselmo, Ross, Fairfax, people that are coming through the community. Do we have any sense of folks I guess where they're originating. And the reason I ask is if we're looking at education campaigns, mm -hmm. if we're trying to do one all in in San Rafael and yet the drivers are people that live outside of San Rafael, do you have that data? I didn't see it in the plan, but maybe it exists. No, that that's a really good point. Um, unfortunately, the data does not um, include that information. So we can't tell where they're coming from. Okay, okay. Well, no, that's just, that's really helpful. And then the last question, and it might be you for you or Anne. So funding is a key part of this because um, to me, the infrastructure changes, as we already talked about, the third street changes are huge, both for cyclists and pedestrians that we just were able to complete in Southern Pell, thanks to TAM and all that funding. So I understand that by the TAM board, hopefully adopting this, that helps us be more competitive. Are there additional steps that cities could take so we can compete? I'll just, for so San Rafael can compete for funds to improve some of these high incident areas. Uh, so thank you, Commissioner. I'll take a crack at answering this one. Um, so you know, the, some of the funding programs that were listed on that last slide in particular, um, going forward, will actually require the presence of a local road safety plan in order to be eligible for the funding. And so um, we believe that by TAM and the county adopting this program, that will make all the jurisdictions in Marin eligible. However, a jurisdiction... Um, would be free to adopt the plan themselves. And in fact, we would encourage it. Uh, we think it would send a signal to the residents of that community, as well as to the council and others who may be paying attention that you know there is a strong commitment to road safety in that location. So um, in fact, one of the items I think in the packet here is a letter from a draft letter from me to each of the city managers that we'll be sending out following this meeting, just encouraging them to uh, consider taking this to their councils for adoption as well. That is a fantastic idea. And would we have a presentation from someone from TAM if we were to so choose and say we want to bring it to the council? Would that be possible? Good evening, council oh. members, uh, board members. Um, our scope, we, we, um, we've done a lot of work and I'd really like to express our appreciation for parametrics and all they've done. We've been working on this for over a year. Uh, we've had a very small budget. Okay. And so we haven't got that incorporated into the scope currently, but certainly we're open to it. We could, I, I can't imagine we could hit all of our jurisdictions. Um, possibly we could have a recording of this meeting that might help. Um, so Maybe you just prioritize the ones that have the highest, what was that incident rate? Maybe you start with that one, just suggesting. Okay, thank you, but we will figure that out. Thank you, Chair. I'm not sure I'm gonna say thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> additional commissioner comments or questions? Commissioner Lucan? Okay. I'll go quick. Um, thank you so much for the report. Um, you know, so many data points in here. There was one that stood out to me that says that the majority six, uh, this is pedestrian collisions, uh, the majority, 69% of these collisions occurred when a pedestrian was crossing in a crosswalk. Um, and I know a lot of this work happened before AB 413 was passed, which is the crosswalk daylighting to, you know, not 20 feet parking um, distance from a crosswalk that will be going into effect pretty soon. 
Um, any thought to that about maybe using some of this data? I, I know that we can't paint red curbs on every single crosswalk across the county. Uh, public works departments are probably not going to do that, but maybe utilizing some of the data on these high collision areas um, to encourage that or some sort of awareness around that. Just wanted to get your thoughts. I, I know that legislation was passed um, after this work had, had mostly, I think, been wrapped up, but wanted to get your thoughts there. I would say, I would respond to that saying that the, the report does have a number of countermeasures that have been identified that could provide a solution to the particular accidents that are occurring at that location. So we would certainly encourage your public works directors to consider those countermeasures and any others that may be applicable. All right. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if there's some some guidance to be offered. I, I know I read an article out of San Francisco where they said there's just no way they can paint all those curbs red and maintain them. Um, and the onus just falls on the driver to not park in those areas. So I kind of wonder if there's something more we can do or should be doing uh, with this, given this new state law. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that kind of falls on on cities and towns. But thank you for the report. Commissioner, Car Commissioner Carmel. Yeah. Hi. Thanks so much for the report. Super interesting. So I looked through the data for my city. And it sounds like, and I think some of the other cities were similar, um, but it sounds like um, Speeding is the number one contributor to um, these collisions. And then the second one is essentially drivers not understanding right away rules, it sounds like. So the solution to those is, for example, just enforcement, is it not? Um, speed cameras or police presence? Is there something else that you would use on these aside from traffic calming on small streets? I would add um, the education element that anything we can do to educate our drivers and, and our walkers and our bikers, uh, that would certainly go a long way. So it's it's a multi-pronged approach. So uh, enforcement's not the only one. Um, we really need to do in the engineering, the education, and all the elements of those five E's. But is there really engineering that can be done when drivers are speeding on, you know, main roads in town, aside from, you know, putting in traffic cameras that kind of, it's a way of educating. Well, behavior is hard to regulate, you know, but uh, there is a lot of things we can do for the engineering to reduce the speeds through traffic calming and, and measures like that. So they're part of the countermeasures that we've identified. Um, but, you know, we've been very successful in Marin with the, the safety grants. Uh, the last uh, report was used to support uh, applications that brought in eight, six million dollars worth of, you know, money that helped, you know, provide physical improvements to those locations. So, so yes, I think the answer is, is to your question. Okay, great, thanks so much. Commissioner Eklund. Uh, thank you very much for a great presentation and a fantastic report. I found this just so intriguing um, and yet very concerning, especially in Novato. Um, when one thing I'm just gonna read so that everybody can hear it, is that driving or bicycling, and this is in the Nevada section on page 110, um, under the influence resulted in almost one quarter of the KSI collisions in Nevada compared to 10% countywide. Over the past five years, this proportion has jumped almost 30%, while the county average was increased to 12%. So it just really shows that, um, you know, Nevada and Center Fell. Um, probably because we're the two cities that have the most population, um, 
and Centerfell has the um, all added um, burden too of a lot of the other cities going through Centerfell to get to their place of origin um, or, or work or whatever. Uh, but I really think it's very important that Pam make these presentations to at least Centerfell and Novato. Um, and I think there may be some other cities um, that would be alarmed um, also by reading this. I am going to ask the city manager that this be agendized. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, Rach, I'll have Rachel and I do it. Uh, we have a system in Nevada where we can put an item on an agenda. Um, but I, I do, I have lots of questions on the statistics, but there's one question, one statement in here that made me think um, a question whether or not you got input from Novato because it's on page 101. And the sentence reads, the plan sought input from the Complete Streets and Pathways Oversight Committee, city staff, public workshops, and previous plans. But it didn't say in the report whether or not um, comments or input was provided. So I was kind of curious, did, did you get input from um, the, the different commissions? Because we have a bicycle committee, we have a streets committee, um, and we obviously have staff that's very interested in this. So I was kind of curious, as, as, did you get good input? Uh, yes, Commissioner. We, we really worked with your staff directly. We didn't go out to that. We, we kind of expect or hope that they will communicate that to your, your various committees. Uh, they, they could bring comments. So we, we we just worked with your staff. Okay, so you did and, not then get input from the Complete Streets and Pathways Oversight Committee. Well, in, indirectly we did, because yes. this group that prepared this plan, they're doing that. So they are very familiar with those groups. So I guess indirectly, the answer is yes. But um, directly, we really relied on the, the agency staff and our TAC. Okay, that, that helps me on how I would like to approach it in the city because those committees feel very strong about having input on things like this. And I think this report is fantastic. And um, it should be put on everybody's website uh, so that people understand that we have a serious problem here. I know Novato has had, unfortunately, um, several fatalities um, uh, with people that I knew that um, it, it's not it's not happy, you know, so we, we need to keep pressing down on making these improvements and really appreciate all your work on this very much so. Thank you. Any additional commissioner questions? Seeing none, Jennifer, any public comment in the room? I want to thank Parametrics for this excellent report and thank Tam for commissioning it. And I, I think that it will be a very useful um, document for a applying to lots of different projects. Um, and I hope to see lots of uh, jurisdictions going after HSIP and SRF, SRFA funding soon. Um, I just wanted to respond to uh, the comments of Vice Chair Lucan about AB 413, the state daylighting law. And I, it's an open-ended question. Does the DMV update its instructional materials and test materials every year when there's new traffic laws passed in the state legislature? Because it would be a good idea if if they did, and if um, new drivers earning their licenses learned about this um, law, and if people who have had their licenses for some years who have to go back and renew their license and take a test, if this were a test question that was posed to them as well. I don't think any of you sit on the DMV board, but if you have contacts at the DMV, I think it's an interesting question to pose. Thanks. 
Any additional public comment in the room? On the, on the Zoom, Jennifer? Yes. Warren, please unmute. Hi, Commissioners. This is Warren Wells from Marine County Bicycle Coalition. Um, I just want to thank the consulting team and Tam for their work on this project. I was honored to have been on the on the TAC, um, you know, a group which had some healthy discussion, in particular around the Vision Zero statement, you know, setting a goal of completely eliminating serious and fatal collisions by 2050. Up until this point, Vision Zero statements have been adopted by a number of our regional partners, but um, Marin cities and towns had fallen a bit behind on that front. Um, so I'm really eager to see this move forward. You know, while, while some assume that we cannot eliminate fatal crashes, you know, it can happen. The city of Hoboken, same population as San Rafael, has not seen anyone die on its streets in seven years, a period during which time uh, 17 people have been killed on, on San Rafael's local streets. I'm not trying to single, single San Rafael out. It's just, um, it's the biggest city in the in the county. Uh, you know, that goal may be ambitious, but, but good goals are. Imagine if the FAA tolerated a few plane crashes every year, we'd all be outraged. And, and we should expect, expect the same commitment to safety from our DPWs. And just to follow up on Director Richmond's comments, you know, this this will, um, Marin cities and towns will have an opportunity to affirm this. And I appreciate the comments from Commissioner Eklund. Well, I, you know, there may be some skepticism. I do hope for your support and your in your capacities as council members to help bring this to the uh, jurisdictions of Marin. And we at the Bike Coalition stand ready to support that and uh, do any, you know, any education or outreach um, beyond, you know, beyond that, because that, that's our job here. So I really appreciate all the hard work especially from Bill Whitney here. So thank you so much. Additional Zoom comment, Jennifer? Yes. Ava, please unmute. Thanks. Um, I appreciate the the um, comparison of San Rafael to Hoboken, and I think that's an important one. But it should be considered in a larger context, a broader context, because it, it really is in many ways apples to oranges. Um, there's a I, I lived in New York for 12 years. I can tell you a little bit about Hoboken, uh, friends who live there and we would go to visit. Um, there's a lot of transit all over New York. Um, and so people have options. Um, and that's that's really significant. I also know unfortunately that um, that some of the um, some of the deaths in San Rafael, have um, been unhoused people. Um, and that's, you know, a lot of that is on San Rafael. Uh, but it's also because there is a, there's a policy, uh, you know, much more prevalent on the East Coast, uh, where, you know, the city's required to have shelter for people. And we don't even have shelter in San Rafael for people when it's pouring rain. Uh, you know, like last year when the storms were so bad, uh, that really contributed to Jimmy Sanders' death on the street. Um, and a lot of these deaths are vehicular deaths because um, people are are just struggling. They shouldn't be exposed on the street anyway, and that makes them more prey to cars. It also runs down their overall system, so their, their, their reaction times are slower. Um, and a lot of unhoused people are obviously... You know, they don't have the luxury of a car, of walking, of, um, uh, I mean, they don't have the luxury of driving, they're, they're walking and they're cycling. So I, I think that the comparison should be viewed in a larger uh, Five economic, seconds, Ava. Thank you. Uh, you know, and also equity lens. Thank you. 
Any additional online Zoom comment, Jennifer? Chair, I don't see an additional hands raised at this time. Thank you. So let's close comment and bring it back here for discussion and deliberation. Any comments, Commissioner Catrano? Yes, thank you, Chair. I had one more comment. Um, thank you all for the presentation. Um, I was just sort of thinking about Commissioner Carmel's comments about enforcement. Um, and obviously that's just one of the E's, but um, in terms of like engineer, engineering or emerging technology, I noticed that, you know, there's this sort of buzzword like countermeasures. And I was wondering if you could pontificate or share a little bit more about what those countermeasures might be. I'm like, like I, I walk my commute for work um, and those like rapid flashing beacons are like really critical for me feeling safe. And I'm noticing in my community, like um, there's a lot more collisions or, or connections with pedestrians at night. And that, that dark um, condition is, is a pretty critical piece, but I was wondering if you could speak more to countermeasures. Are we talking about like rapid flashing beacons and that sort of stuff or what, what does that mean exactly? Uh, thank you for that question. Um, I, I, in Appendix A, there is all the countermeasures measures that are identified. And so the, the plan goes through and identifies the type of accident crash that occurred at that location. So they've applied, the consultants have applied which countermeasure is appropriate to address that problem. And so flashing beacons is, is a good solution in some locations, but not all. Great, thank you. Additional commissioner comments? All right, seeing none, would anyone care to offer a motion? Oh, sorry, did you have a comment? Well, I have a comment and a motion. Again, just thank you for bringing this to our community, both San Rafael, Nevada, but really all of our communities. We want to know that our residents are safe when they're out there biking and walking. So this data will really provide that underpinning for those decisions. So thank you. With that, I would make a motion that we adopt the 2024 Marin County Local Road Safety Plan. I'll second it. We have a first by Commissioner Collin and a second by Commissioner Fredericks. Jennifer, the roll, please. Commissioner Beckman? Yes. Commissioner Blaustein? Yes. Commissioner Carmel? Yes. Commissioner Collin? Aye. Commissioner Catrano? Yes. Commissioner Eklund? Aye. Commissioner Fredericks? Yes. Commissioner Chemnitzer? Yes. Commissioner Cool? Yes. Commissioner Moulton Peters? Commissioner Rice? Yes. Commissioner Verdoni? Yes. Commissioner Sackett? Yes. Vice Chair Lucan? Yes. Chair Colbert? Yes, motion passes and we are adjourned. Thank you, everyone. Thank you very much.